Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. It's a different way to lead, and they saw the performance, how much I was able to achieve, and they said, kind of one by one, I want some of this. Today's episode is from our show, Your Finest Hour, where we interview one of our coaches from Novus Global, as well as one of their high-performing clients on how to make the most of a coaching experience. In this episode, head of Novus Global Sport, Dan Leffelar, interviews me and one of my favorite clients, Jeff Lambert, a world-renowned entrepreneur and expert in public relations. Jeff Lambert founded Lambert & Co. in his basement at age 26, then Lambert Edward & Associates, and has led the firm through 21 straight years of growth to become Michigan's largest PR firm, a top 50 US PR firm, and a top five PR firm for mergers and acquisitions and private equity and deal activity. He is a co-founder of a Detroit-based minority-owned, women-owned consultancy, EqualSign, which provides diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting, cultural marketing, and diverse board development for public companies and private equity firms. Jeff also founded Ticker, a fintech software startup, giving publicly traded companies the ability to connect directly with their individual investors. And this launched in June of 2020, and they're having massive success. In this conversation, we discuss how coaching has changed the way Jeff operates as a business professional and an entrepreneur, and how you might know when you're ready to hire a coach to hit your next level. Jeff also shares his thoughts on how he gets the most out of coaching and why he credits that coaching with, quote, 10xing his revenue and leadership. Enjoy the show. So Jeff, thanks for being here with us. We're really excited. And Jason, you're here too. I'm not going to say too much about you. Um, but yeah, Jeff, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This, will be, this is going to be fun. I'm excited to ask you a bunch of questions that hopefully will make Jason uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. What, what led you? Um, because it sounds like you're someone with a lot of drive. Obviously, you've created a lot of impact in the, the world that you work in. Um, what, what led you to even want to explore working with somebody? Uh, there's a lot of options out there. There's a, you know, everybody in... Every Uber driver is an executive coach, right? Um, and so what led you to uh, discover Jason and what drew you to Jason? You know, I'm a little dense. I was a coach, a swim coach back when I was in high school and college. And I see the value for a six-year-old to a you know, a 20-year-old in the value of coaching. But it never occurred to me that as a CEO, I would need a coach or want a coach because I had it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was at a YPO, Young Presidents Organization session. There's 100 people in the room. And Jason is speaking, and I feel like you know everyone laughed that he was only talking to me. And he talked about what I considered at the time this badge of honor of I was the shiny object guy. And so I have all these great ideas, but I wasn't about execution. And you know, I used to I used to describe myself as a javelina uh, that 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 bore uh, in in the desert, but they they lack vision, but they're fierce. So I would make up for everything in my life by, by working really hard and going at things. And so, you know, talking to Jason and, and hearing him talk, I said, you know, I, I need this. Talk to me more. And it took me a year, uh, multiple conversations, a year to get ready because uh, I was not ready. How did you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jay. Well, did you reach out? Right after that, to talk, and then we talked. Did. We talked. We talked right after that, and then you know, you kind of gave me the lay of the land, and I. I mean, I laid out all my personal stuff that I was dealing with, and I laid out all my ideas, you know, my 17 different ideas. Like, that's awesome. Let me know. And, you know, and then 
and then you did your own thing and I did my own thing until yeah. I knew I knew it had met. I, mean, I knew that it, it would had to be a commitment and a change. And change is hard and but I was gonna be again in it in it to win it if I if I chose to do it. Yeah. And you said it took you a year to really get ready for that moment. Can, can you just describe what that process was like for you? Like what, what needed to shift for you to get to the place where you were ready to have those conversations with Jason? You know, I think it's a, whether it was a distraction of, of maturity, a, a commitment to growth. Uh, I think I liked being the, the CEO, uh, but I didn't like being uh, challenged to, to grow beyond my comfort zone. Uh, and, you know, some of the very first things we talked about, uh, Jason is fond of talking about this intuitive fence, what we think is possible mm-hmm. and growing that. And I've, you know, I, I, I love blowing that up and, and going beyond it. But the hard work is then, okay, let's walk through how we actually get there. And so it's fun to think about. It's not so fun to do. Uh, and so I knew that I needed to mature as a leader and decide to mature. Uh, so yeah, the decision, the decision had nothing to do with the cost, had nothing to do with the, you know, the, the why and as much as I needed to be ready. And it, yeah. it, it's a commitment because, again, it's, he's, he's coaching me, but he's creating an opportunity for me. Yeah. He's not telling me what to do. So, so you, you meet Jason. There's this connection. There's this interest, this curiosity. You start stepping into that journey, and then you finally pull the trigger. What was it like? What was that for those first sessions? How did that, that whole process begin for you stepping into the coaching space? What was that like? You know, you know, I periodically pull out. Actually, I have the original vision that I, that I did as a homework assignment, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the, the experience was, uh, was greater than I could have ever imagined. At the same time, completely different. I thought that I was going to sit on, in, a, in a conversation and I was going to say, hey, what do you think about this? He's going to say, that's really smart, Jeff. You should do that. And maybe you should try this and maybe add that element. He doesn't tell me what to do at all. And it's quite frustrating, actually, at times. <laughs> but but it, it really is it's, it's hard to describe until you experience it. But I, would, I look at it, uh, you know, this cre- creating a space to give an account. Uh, even saying that the first time I heard it, what does that mean? It means that he is going to poke and prod and push but in a way, based off his experience and, and what he knows of me, that the, the more time we spend together, the more he knows where, you know, kind of where my muscle tone is and say, okay, you need to work on this. And I think you can go farther than that. And so I think that, you know, like any other coach, you know, a, a personal trainer or a football coach, they see, they often see the, the greatness in you or the potential in you before you see it in yourself. Yeah, that's no, that's fantastic. What was, was there any, especially in that initial phase of coaching with Jason, was there anything that um, rubbed you the wrong way or that kind of almost like pushed you into a place that you're like, well, I, I didn't sign up for this. Was there any experience like that at all at the beginning? I'll tell you, it really has not been. Um, although I, I, I have a different feeling when I'm introducing some of my team members to Jason or, or you all and his team and coaching yeah. is I, I want to, you know, I want to, treat a little bit like kid gloves because I, I think I've leaned in so aggressively that at times it feels I, I, I use the analogy of like somebody flying through space and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. And I can see all these these countries and these white bodies of water. And then suddenly you realize how fast you're going. Yeah. You're going the miles an hour, like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so I think for me, I I absolutely love the continuous growth piece. Yeah. But that that fuels my competitiveness. Uh, whereas I think other people would are, are somewhat fearful of this isn't just a 
a, a demand to be coached, just a demand to grow. Yeah. And that can be a hard thing. Yeah, that's right. actually as an out like that's that would reflect what I was observing too. Like Jeff was ready. Jeff was like and more than ready. Jeff not only was Jeff ready, he was eager and then willing to make a sizable financial commitment in order to put his money where his mouth is. Oftentimes when you're coaching other folks in the organization, it's not their money. It's you know, it's not it's not their skin in the game looks different. And so it's a different kind of uh, approach and it's a different kind of uh, introduction to the work. And I think sometimes people are a little scared. They're kind of getting dragged into it by the CEO. I'm, a, I'm actually curious, Jeff, how did you... Because we have done a lot of work with your team and, and, uh, and, I, and I think people really enjoy it. What was that process like? Like, how did you... How did you... Because we know what we're doing on our end. But from, from your side, like, what, what were you doing on, the, on your side to help them buy into this whole idea of growth and, and investing in themselves? You know, I think, I think you, uh, you know some of it has to do with some of the, the modeling. Uh, and so I sent one of my, my second year vision was people will see the difference in me. And that's, it's hard to quantify, except when someone comes up and says, I see something different about you. I see that happening and I see it in every area of my life. And so it, I needed to demonstrate track record of growth before I could ask them to do the same thing. Uh, and so I think I started talking differently and I started leading differently uh, and inviting them into commitments. Uh, and, and even that concept, uh, you know, talking through that, uh, it's a different way to, it's a different way to lead. Uh, and they saw the performance, how much I was able to achieve. And they said, uh, you know, kind of one by one, I want some of this. Yeah. And it was an easy, easy decision on the investment. And, you know, not to give away too much of Jason's secret sauce, but he, he starts, he started with what's, what's this have to be worth to you? It doesn't matter what the price is. And, and for me, it was, I need 5X return. And I said it, I said it, you know, fairly cavalierly at the time, but three years later, have I received a 5X return year over year over year, 100%, mm-hmm. and probably a 10X return. Wow. So, you know, if you want to quantify it, put it in, put it in numbers. What have I been able to achieve at an accelerated pace because of coaching? And I've said it, I will say it, I've said it 100 times, I will say it again, Jason Jagger has changed my life. And that is true, and I am blessed and, and fortunate to have that. And I, and I appreciate that, Jeff. And, and Dan, sorry, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we can, we can, the three of us can just talk. Uh, one is thank you for saying that. And it's, I, I, it, what, obviously, I have to say, when you say something like that, that you were the kind of client that showed up to have their life changed. You know, like I'm, I'm holding the bench press, but you're the one doing the bench press. If people are listening to this and they're thinking about hiring a coach or if they're thinking about uh, making that kind of investment, what would you encourage them? I'm curious, like what would, what makes you different from other people who maybe get coaching and they don't see those types of results? Like how can a person prepare to get that kind of return from working with somebody? I would go back to that year of, of contemplation, right? Is that make sure you're ready. And it's okay to, it's okay to take that time and, and just be self-aware and say, you know, I'm not really that committed to my personal growth. Yeah. You know, or I'm, in a, I'm not in a situation where I feel like I'm valued. Or I'm not in a situation where I can control my destiny. Yeah. And so I think that my leaders in my organization would have a different answer to, do you want to get an executive coach if they didn't really feel like they could stretch beyond their intuitive bent. If they could have the opportunity to, to think you know, think and do for themselves beyond what they've ever thought was possible. There's many organizations that people would feel stifled by, by even the thought of that. 
Uh, and so I think that's, you know, look, assess your current situation and your current mindset. And it's okay to take time to get there and maybe start with, okay, I'm going to read some books around this to see how do I, how, how do I respond? Am I motivated and challenged by that? Or am I scared? And if you're scared, even better, right? So this, this, this should be, it should be a little, uh, a little scary, uh, but, but boy, is it worth it. I was just going well, to add, to piggyback on that, because Jeff, it seems as though you lean into um, this space in a way that is a little bit unique. And I'm curious, is that something you've always been doing in your life? Is that something that you've developed over time? I'm just like, what makes you unique in that way, do you think? You know, I think the, the gift of this, uh, of coaching and, and how it even came to be around uh, this idea of shiny object, I have been good at, at seeing things perhaps that other people don't or, or being very creative. You know, I tie it back to telling dad jokes every day at the dinner table, you know, <laughs> constantly iterating and thinking of, of, of new op- opportunities. But I was also famous for not executing. And I believe that that's who I was. I'm super creative. I'm general, generally successful, but I really hadn't, I was, wasn't known for doing to-do lists or following through on my commitments or responding to people's email. And I always said, well, I'm the CEO. That's what I get to do. And, or, the way, created. and that's, the, well, there's a, I think there's a kernel there that's really valuable, at least as I'm listening, is look how much you were able to accomplish with that strategy. Yes. You know, so it wasn't like, you weren't getting things done. Like when we met, you were already the largest PR firm in Michigan. You were already a top 50. Like that's that stuff. I, I wish I could take credit for that, but that, you'd already done that with a strategy of shiny object, with a strategy of I create ideas, but then half of them I don't execute, or maybe most of them I don't execute. You know, like that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, that was working. Yeah. You know, no, I, think, I think that, you know, it, to use some of your parlance, but, you know, I was a high performer. Yep. But I wasn't a meta performer. And so, you know, it really, it's, it sounds cliche, but I want to be the best and the yeah. best is a moving target, right? So the best just, you know, and, and that was, you know, we, we went through some vision sessions and I think, I think you'd be excited to see some of what, what comes out of that. But one of the, one of the ideas around is this thing I kept wrestling with is I want to be the best at getting better. Mm. And I think that's something that is a mindset that people that come to our organization should be attracted to that. And being attracted to growth has always been the case. They see it as growth of the company. They don't see it as growth of themselves. And so I, perhaps I'm unique, uh, but I think I have, I have also benefited so greatly. So, you know, that's, that's part of why I think uh, I, I had so much fun is that I, I see every time I have a conversation, have a coaching session uh, and then apply that uh, there's, there's something new I learn and an opportunity to try something different and go beyond my comfort zone. And it's, it is this, this idea of thrilling. I mean, it's, Jason asked me, am I thrilled? I'm thrilled, but yeah. it has to be thrilling every time. So yeah. how do you, how do you lean into that? Yeah. How do you keep raising the bar? Do you, do you, Jeff? Uh, well, I'm curious about two things. One is I'm curious about some of the other um, organizations you're involved in and how this work has impacted the way you lead your teams and the opportunities you take. So I, would you mind just telling us a little bit about some of the things that you're uh, actively starting and how coaching has impacted some of those organizations? Yeah, I'll give you a few examples. Uh, one is a, a, a software platform called Ticker, Ticker with two eyes. Uh, and it's really a platform that connects public companies to their individual investors mm-hmm. and converts consumers into investors. And this idea really is quite simple, but because of 
online trading and, and free trading and it's become ubiquitous of, of stock ownership. 130 million people own uh, own stock, individual stock. But they're they're invisible to their public company. So doing investor relations, it's, tw- it's 25 years in the making this idea. And yet I did nothing with it. I talked about it, but I didn't want to do control. I didn't want to follow through on it. I did, certainly didn't want to bring outsiders in to run it. And because it was my idea and I should be the CEO, but how can I be the CEO of this and that and another thing? And so I think that was coaching was, I mean, coaching was absolutely the reason why Ticker is where it is today. Hmm. And, and it's, by the way, going to be, it's going to be a, the biggest and greatest idea I've ever had. Yeah. So write it down. Yeah. The second, the second, the second thing on. that... You were, you were on, uh, what were you, you were on TV recently promoting Ticker. What, what was going on? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been on I've I've been on several different things, but uh, Benzinga's fintech, uh, you know, we're a, we're a finalist for new product of the year. You know, we're we've we've grown significantly. We launched our new app. Uh, we our new one of our new clients, the XFC, which is an upstart to the UFC, publicly traded, one of the only publicly traded sports organizations. Mm-hmm. And we you can connect those fans and, and and convert them to shareholders. It's the most basic thing. 80% of individual investors will shop the brands that they own, and yet no one is marketing to this audience. So $10.6 trillion audience, and we're the first to do it. So that happens because of coaching. On the, on the, on the other side, you know, my, my heart is around diversity. My, it's actually interesting. I, looked at, I started my Instagram maybe seven or eight years ago, and it actually says heart for diversity. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've tried to live that, but you know, it's 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 the the last year has been a, a, a confluence of events that yeah. began with starting a diversity, equity, inclusion consulting firm, uh, which I own a minority or forty percent interest in. So who starts a business and funds it, and then only takes a minority share? Well, I believe that's allyship. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, you know, after the George Floyd murder, uh, I I wanted to let. It felt like we as 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 white leaders had a responsibility to to tell the black community, we see you and we're here for you and we're going to do something about it. Uh, and so my doing something about it was to start an organization called AmeriCamp Breathe, uh, americampbreathe.org. And it is to raise capital with my network and put it into uh, black-owned businesses and black and brown nonprofits and, and serving that community. And you know, we've raised $250,000. Our goal is a million and we're going to do it. But it's another one of, I, I can't do it by myself. So if I'm committed to it, I need to put another leader in there. And I never did that before coaching. I never thought like that. I hired a chief of staff a week ago. Why does that happen? Because I had a conversation with Jason and said, I'm stretched too thin. And next thing you know, I've got a chief of staff. It's like magic, but it just happens. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it, um, it is a different, I am a, a completely different kind of leader than I was for the first 20 years of my leadership. Yeah, and I th- I think Dan, one of the things I've really enjoyed about Jeff is he came in and he he related to this shiny object thing like it was a detriment versus an asset. Yeah, and I think over the last couple of years we, like, what I want for Jeff is for him to be world class at building apparatuses and and leadership funnels to become like where he's like the queen bee, kind of like you know giving birth to all these ideas. And there's this community of leaders who can can steward these ideas in a way that benefits everybody. And then and then of course Jeff can find people who have their own ideas and. And, and invest in them as well. And it's really inspiring to see him actually do it and create it. And he moves, by the way, really fast. So with that chief of staff, we had a conversation. I was like, have you ever thought about hiring a chief of staff? We talked about that. He's like, I don't know. 
which is code for, you know, yeah, I think that's something that I need, but I'll get to it later. I, I, I said, you know, well, when would you like to have it? And he's like, well, by the end of the year, it'd be great. And then I think he got it done like in the next 45 days. Yeah. But, it, but I think that's a perfect example of a coaching session is I said, you know, my, my challenge, the thing I was complaining about was I'm, I'm too stretched on time. I don't have enough you know, time to be able to manage all these things. And that well, maybe what about a cheap of staff? Let's, let's, let's play with that, that idea. And my, my original commitment in that session was I will, I will look into that. I will I, I commit to think about whether or not I need a chief of staff. And, and it, the question was, well, do you really think you need to decide that? Or don't you, what, what's the answer? Well, yeah. I need one. Well, that, okay, now what's the next commitment? Right, so to making and, and, and making and hitting commitments inside of one minute is, you know, is, is what coaching is about. Is to say, that's, not the, that's not the commitment that's deeper that you need to be thinking about. You've already made that decision. Don't delay. Um, by by stalling the decision, uh, move to the next the, the next decision. Yeah, and that's, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, and then you know, I'll kick it to you. Like, and even for if you're listening to this, it's amazing because I can relate to this, and I know Dan can too, and, and I know Jeff can too. Like, how many times have we we already know what we want, but we keep saying that we're thinking about it when really we need to stop thinking about it and just start moving. And what's hard for me anyway is. I, I'm doing it, but I don't realize that I'm doing it. So I'm, I wonder how many things I'm deliberating on. And that goes in quotes. How many things am I like deliberating on uh, where I already know the answer? I'm just scared to, to to execute. And I think what Jeff's saying is coaching holds a space for you to realize that's what you're doing. And this is what I like about Jeff is once he realizes that's what he's doing, I, like, I don't tell him, I don't say, you know, no, you need to do this. I just help him realize he's already made the decision, yeah. but he, has, he doesn't know that he's already made the decision. And then yeah. once he sees the decision, he goes. Yeah, I mean, and I would just say maybe for the listeners, it may sound a little reckless in in the speed at which I'm going. But I think one of the other things that I've learned through coaching is the, the value of wise counsel mm-hmm. and counsel outside of your network. So certainly yeah. leverage your network, but then who outside who is the expert, the best in the world at this? Can I get to them? And I, I learned that from Jason. That I need I need context on this. That doesn't have to slow down the process. It just takes courage to ask someone. Yeah, and I think that you know that's this is the that's a bit of the theme uh, is stepping out in, in everything, not just stepping out into the big idea that you don't think is possible, but stepping out of your comfort zone and reaching out to somebody on LinkedIn or you know talking to Rob Schneider on the on the airplane on the way back from my leadership retreat when he's sitting behind two of my other leadership team members and they're mortified at the thought of me talking to him. <laughs> what's, the back, what's the downside? Wouldn't it be legendary if he actually? You know, if he actually connected with our ticker platform and I invited him onto onto our, our podcast and, you know, what's the downside? But I think that it's a small little movement outside of your, outside of your intuitive fence, your comfort zone every single day. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the journey, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, it sounds like the journey of even reframing how you related to your ideas was a really pivotal moment for you, like where you go from this is a deficit. This is something that gets in my way and something that I'm annoyed about. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, there's there's a whole new world of possible things that I could be accomplishing just by taking some small specific actions towards Yeah, that. I mean, it, I, I, I keep little you know, sticky notes on my, you know, whose problem is it? I will not tolerate, I will confront. But these are, I have to be, I, mean, I have to be reminded, remind myself that why am I going down this rabbit hole? rabbit trail or why am I being controlled by that, that, that issue that's not mine to handle 
And so I think that, you know, thinking through this, but the, the belief system I had, you know, had completely changed. And I think that's a big part of coaching is you don't, you don't have to be stagnant. You're not a certain way. I believed that this is just who I am. And so the shiny object, as Jason said, was a negative, even though I kind of wore it as a badge of honor. Uh, it, it always, it always held, held me back. Uh, and so if I look at it, okay, what am I going to do about it? Uh, that's a different perspective. If you, if you could give yourself advice at the beginning, if you go back now with what you know and what you've done, what advice would you give yourself at the beginning of the journey of coaching and, or stepping into that world of development? You know, I think I would have, uh, I would have encouraged others around me or, you know, somehow got them involved in the process sooner. I think this was very, you know, very much for me. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that that, you know, it took some time to, to do that. So you know, we maybe lost a year of, of others coming into this, into this environment and, and benefiting from it. Some of that was their own decision that they, I think they have some fear around, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a lot of work or it's just a change or Jeff's a madman and I don't want to be like that. Uh, but I think that, you know, that was a piece of it. Uh, you know, I have, you know, I don't, I don't regret any single session that I've had. Um, but I also have trusted my coach. And I think, you, you know, if you have a trusting relationship with, with a coach, and I think Novus, I interact with ne- many Novus coaches, and they all have this foreness, this, this advocacy for their client to say, you know what, Jason pressed into me, you need to go beyond just business, right? I, I feel like there's other things that are affecting you. You have to be open to that, and you don't have to go down that path. But if you are, your belief systems affect everything. Uh, and, and I think those, you know, and that's really core. So I think getting to that maybe earlier, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was still uh, on training wheels early on. So perhaps it was the, the perfect momentum to go from business to personal. But I enjoy that mix uh, because it has such, you know, kind of cross-utilization cross in my life. But, you know, and, and Jeff, one of the things, it's interesting that you say that because if you would have asked me one of the things that you and I do together that I think is rare in other coaching relationships. So oftentimes, you're not the only one in the session. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. My assistant sits in a session and my chief of staff is going to start sitting in my session. Wow. It's not crazy, right? I mean, so they're sitting over my shoulder, like my conscience, you know, both literally <laughs> and figuratively. Uh, but it, it's this, this, it's it's so much faster. So they're hearing this. And by the way, this is the thing that I've unlocked and why my chief of staff is going to sit in, sit in with me is the osmosis of, of the coaching culture. They're not just hearing what I'm working on, how they can help me. They're hearing how, how to be a better leader. They're getting coached. It's, it's leveraging Jason's time yeah. uh, and getting coached right alongside me. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. I love when his assistant is right, right behind him and I know she's there and I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll pause and talk to her for a second because I know that she's like an indispensable part of, of the machination of, of what Jeff's trying to accomplish in the world. And so I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, Michelle, are we on the same page there? And she's, yeah. And it's wonderful. And it's like, it's like a, it, it really, and that's to brag on you, Jeff. That's, I think that's one of the reasons why you've gotten such great results. You move fast, you're eager, you're humble to learn. And you do bring people in to the conversation, even if we're not necessarily going to all the topics of your life. We did get to family stuff a little bit later. Uh, but from the very beginning, I think in the first few months, you were bringing people in to, 
to through osmosis catch up and to supplement the work that you were doing. And I thought that was pretty... I, I wish every all of our clients would do that. That's, I think that's brilliant. And it takes, again, it's another thing outside of your comfort zone or outside of your intuitive fence of, I'm going to be talking about my failures or my limitations or my failed commitments. And we're going to go through a conversation of, yeah, I, I had a bad week and I didn't get to do what I said I was going to do. And I feel terrible about it. And there's a person that works for me sitting over my shoulder listening to this. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about a chief of staff and she's, you know, I have a conversation after that. She's like, am I supposed to be that chief of staff? Do you not think I can rise to that? Let's have a, but again, it just opens up a conversation in a way that I think is, is really unique. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was just, just imagining many of the clients that I work with and just how much of an impact that would bring. And also what it reveals about your vulnerability and commitment to growth. Like there's such a commitment to that process um, to be willing to do that. So that's just such a, that's a huge takeaway for anyone listening to this right now is, is how can you invite because coaching isn't just about the individual it's about the world the individuals in um and that that's such a huge benefit to those who can watch it at the same time i i wanted to ask you this question jeff we talk about this a lot in in our firm what makes a great coach and we uh, all the coaches in our firm get coaching um we don't we don't buy something we don't sell something we don't buy uh, right it's like a doctor who doesn't go to the doctor so i'm curious in your experience with jason um, and maybe other uh, organizations or people you've worked with in the past. What do you think makes an exceptional coach? What do you think of the elements that you're looking for uh, that you've experienced in the past and, and now with Jason? You know, it's an interesting mix of uh, being having a relationship and an intimate relationship at the same time um, of being willing to to challenge. And that can be a very, think about in a marriage or your best friend, you want it should be all roses, right? Your your buddies, and so he 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 finds this fine line between being a dear friend, but also not my buddy. It's not his job to be my buddy, right? And so it's I think that's a really interesting thing. He is for me, and I think that's the word that he uses, and I have continued to use. Being for people is a different way to show up for everything, and I don't. He doesn't just say that. I believe it. And so being an advocate, a fierce advocate for your clients, I think is different. Uh, and then finally, I think the novice way, I've, I've experienced other coaching organizations and I've, I've talked to people who've gone through coaching. The way, the way you believe, the way you deliver coaching is, I, I think, really different. And it's different in a way that you're, you're not uh, consulting. Uh, you're inspiring. And that's a different thing. That's a higher level that, again, people have to show up and want to be inspired, but you're not doing the work for them. And that's a, I think that's a real unique thing. And I've experienced that across the different coaches that, I, that I've talked to or worked with in your organization. Many of them have worked with my team. Uh, and and I, you know, I certainly I believe in timing and, and, and blessing to, to be able to connect directly with the man uh, the myth, the legend, Jason. Uh, and, but that's why I know that I have to be his best client for him to keep me around because I know he has big plans and it's not all about sticking with the same people that got him here. And that's, that sounds harsh, but my leadership team has to change. I have to go up to a new level and become a leader of leaders. as We talk about, and Jason can't coach the same people the same way he did five years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be a better uh, you know, a, a better athlete uh, 
for him to still spend his time coaching. Yeah, you know, and I really appreciate you saying that. And that feeling is definitely mutual. So Jeff brought that up to me probably a year and a half ago. He's like, I want to be your best client. Like he, he brought it up. I never asked him that question before. He's like, I want to be your best, best client. And then I was like, almost reflexively, like when someone says they love you, you're like tempted to say, I love you too. It's like, yeah, I want to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Like I want to be outside of like his wife, Amanda and others. Like I want to be, I want Jeff to say that Jason's one of the best things. I want, I want his great grandchildren to say, I'm so glad that Jeff and Jason met. Yeah. And that kind of impact. And I know that I still have room to grow in that. So just as Jeff is wanting to improve uh, our relationship by being the best client ever, he, that, he really did throw the gauntlet down for me to say, what does it look like for me to continually grow? And one of the things I think I mentioned to Jeff a long time ago was like, you know, I want to be a better coach at the end of our relationship than at the beginning of our relationship. I want to continue to get, to get better. And I think that's something that Jeff and I have cultivated together is to get better, getting better, uh, which is Jeff's line. I think actually, I think I butchered it. So you say it the way that you say it. Is that the best at getting better? Yeah, the best at getting better. I heard that for the first time. We were just in Phoenix uh, with his team, and I heard, and I, he said that line, and I was like, that is. That is wonderful. That is, I love that. That resonates deeply with, I think, our, our values as a firm. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jeff and I are a good fit is we're both kind of obsessed with improving the way that we add value to each other. But I didn't, you know, and because of coaching, I cast vision where I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't, I kept everything in my head. Yeah. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say these things or I wouldn't set out that I wouldn't ever, ever have said to someone, I want to be your best client. Yeah. Because that's really hopefully inspiring him to, to be the best coach to help me be the best client. Yeah. And so I think I have used that, by the way, with vendors. I've used that with other people. And it is it changes the dialogue. I'm I, I'm inviting you, by the way, you know, we, we really appreciate you working on this app for ticker, but I want you to know I want to be the best app that you have ever worked on for yeah. us to, to to accept awards on this, this to be a case study. For you in the future. Tell them real quick and, about the uh, the YPO group. Oh yeah, so I, you know, my, my I'm uh, in the process of, of transitioning uh, back to my my, my YPO forum, and uh, and they they knew me before coaching, and and it, there's some you know I I had it I had a I had a shtick I was I was the funny guy I was the fun guy I was the shiny object guy right all these things that I was. And there's some, you know, maybe some reticence around is he's is he going to be that way, mm. and including some new members in the forum. And I really I set out and I've had this conversation now with several of them of I want to be the world's best forum member. I am going to show up for you instead of coming as I used to to come to the forum. And you guys, you guys aren't giving me enough. I don't yeah. want to. Oh, this is a waste of my time. What am I going? I'm going to be the world's best forum member. I've got a coffee mug to prove it. Uh, but you know, that is that reminder and there's, there's self-talk in that, but by saying it, I inspire them to be better. And it's, it's, it's such a simple thing. And again, a little dense, it takes me a while to get there, but this is a good example of like, you say it and like, wow, that reaction actually has that. I love you too. I want that for you too. And so I think there's, there's some real power in that. There's a, there's a distinction, um, that, we use in the space a lot. And Jason, um, you can talk more about this if you want, but the, the, the shifting and what I hear you articulating and reflecting is the shift from, from moving what, what you want from something to what you want for something. Um, and, to, and to see you... And, and actually, I would imagine that's opened up more doors and opportunities. And 
that were hiding in plain sight, really, that were right in front of you. And now you're stepping into those. It's really, it's just really, it's so fun to hear that because in, in a lot of our work, we meet people and there's so many things in front of them and they can't see any of them at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I think about the, 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 this Instagram trend of that was then, this is now, the language that I used then versus the language that I use now. And it, it takes some time for people to, to really accept it. Even my, even my wife, I would, I, she would say, hey, can you do this and can you do that? And I'd say, well, I, w- I will commit to do this in this time frame. And she's like, are you doing that Jason stuff again? <laughs> but that's the, you know, she used, she used it. I'm, I Jason, I Jason, this issue, she used it yesterday. <laughs> in a very positive way, yeah. right? And so I think that that's, you know, and that's the, that's the ripple effect of my family, you know, we've spent time with Jason, my wife and I, and this effect, ripple effect of my family, my, my friends, my organization, you know, my leaders, uh, that coaching has, you know, that's, that's where you get that return on investment. It's a, it's a full, uh, 360 degree growth. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, Dan, cause Jeff, Jeff's, Jeff's an evangelist by nature. And I mean that he likes to introduce people. He's a networker. He's a connector. And, and, and he's, he's, he loves us. You know, I feel, I feel that affection and trust in our firm. And he's introduced us to several of his colleagues. And it's always a really fun first call. Uh, whether we end up doing work together or not is almost secondary to just how much I enjoy listening to them talk about the changes they've seen in Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's what's super fun is, yeah. oh, oh you're, you're, you're the guy who he probably shouldn't give credit because just doing the work, but like, you're the guy who worked with Jeff for the last couple of years. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh man, like I can totally tell a difference in Jeff. Like we love this about him. We love this about him. We love this about him. And he was great before, but what have you done with our friend? And that's a fun, Jeff, I just want to say, you know, to whoever's listening, like that's a fun experience that you, that's a gift. You're taking it seriously as a gift to me personally. And uh, I just love, I just love the stories that your friends tell about you. Well, and I, and I think a lot of times they, you know, it started with, oh, you're the guy that fixed Jeff. And you know, maybe, maybe, that was, maybe that was fair, right? But I think, you know, it's also, you're the guy that inspires me. And I, and I think that's, you know, from the very beginning of, and that's the fear factor of what, why did it take me a, a year to decide to do this? Is because what you require of your clients, which is 100% commitment, and you show up and you, and you have 100% attention and, you know, hundred percent participation and you know there's there's no slack in that that's a that, that's scary but it's also you give what you get and so it's been it, it has been i mean i feel like this is a commercial uh so you know you can send the uh you know send my royalties that's right <laughs> but uh but, I, but it it really i mean I, I say it if you guys weren't on the phone i'd say it. i've said it i've said it to people over and over again how do you how did you get through COVID and grow 30 percent how did you make two acquisitions this year yeah. when we hadn't made, and we hadn't traditionally made them one every four years. That was a conversation we had. Well, I'm thinking about, I'm going to make another acquisition this year. And you're like, well, what have you made two? I'm like, you're crazy. And we did. But I think this, this is the, uh, you know, there's so many ta- tactical, uh, measurable outcomes from, again, being open to grow. If, Jeff, I just love hearing you talk. I could listen to you talk all day uh, when it comes to just the the next. And this is why I want to send what you're saying to every client in our firm, um, because I think you you have 
through your commitment to the process and through your your seriousness uh, around your own growth, just that leaning into that, you've leveraged the space. I think unlike a lot of people, even in our in our world, sometimes fail to do. Um, I'm curious if there was something you could say to a CEO or to a leader who is thinking about coaching or because coaching is very in vogue right now. There's a lot of coaches out there. What, what advice would you give them? You know, I, I was thinking as you were even talking about your, your other clients, you know, I think that getting, inviting them into what, what, they, what do they really want out of this? What do they hope to see you know, five years, 10 years from this, and they look back. And I've been using kind of through COVID year, this be legendary. You know, look, you look back and this is, this was legendary. Why can't coaching be that? And if that's the marker to say, okay, what's the downside of, of getting outside of my comfort zone? It's maybe you feel embarrassed or maybe you're not, it's not who you are. Well, why can't you change that? And so I would, I mean, I would love to, I do, I've talked to, other people about what what is it about coaching and i think you know they if they see the, the growth in me they say well then maybe that maybe i can do that too but it is all about their commitment mm-hmm. and not the day-to-day commitment it's about the commitment and passion for growth and so i think that's you know the limiter is were they told they needed to do this what are they doing it because one of their other ceo buddies that does it and so it's cool to say i have a coach yeah. You know, is it in vogue or is it really about the outcome? So I think that's where you may, you may get a different person to show up of the why. Why are they there? And, uh, and again, constantly asking themselves, okay, that was why you started. Is that why you're still doing it? Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out. If you want to explore hiring a Novus Global Coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.